Okay, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Malt Travail podcast. This is episode 11. Good evening, uh, Bruce, and good evening, Nick. How are we doing? Good evening. Good, thank you. Good, good. good. Yep, we are. This is going where we're recording this on the 8th of April. So hopefully it'll be out on the airways by the 9th. And there's that little glint, although we've just been saying about the weather, um, that obviously on Monday, possibly we might be having a, a draft beer at some point. Uh, Bruce, where are you going to have your first pint next week? Uh, unfortunately, I plan to go out from work at five o'clock or even lunchtime, but uh, Christy's now working Monday evening, so I think <laughs> I've been desperately trying to spend all day booking a table at the judges' lodgings, uh, and me uh, friend uh, John is on with that now, so I'm hoping to be sat out at the front of the judges' lodgings on uh, Monday lunchtime, uh, probably having a pint of a... Uh, uh, well, if I can face one, a pint of sweets, yeah. <laughs> right. Nice. Nick, what yourself? Are you planning a pint next week? Well, it's like we've been saying, it's a bit difficult to know who's going to be up and who's not really until the day actually comes, I think. Uh, I would be keeping it local. Now, I'm not sure that my first choice would be the new Morton in the middle of the marketplace, but because they're predominantly food-based, I don't know that they'll be opening just to serve drinks outside. They ain't got an area, but I'm sure that the old Malton Royal Oak, uh, Steve up there may be opening because he's got quite a decent sized uh, beer garden in the back uh, that is always operated. So possibly get myself up there, up to the old Malton Royal Oak. He always has uh, two or three real, real ales on as well. That's the other question, of course, isn't it, as well? Landlords may be reluctant to put yeah. too much uh, yeah. real, real beer on. not going to sell it and certainly not to give an option of you know through lockdown last time so keeping it down to one or two simply because in case we get locked down again and or you know we're not getting the customers coming through at least uh, it means that the beer's not sitting around too long so that'll be another conundrum probably weather could have a big bearing on the I suppose, I yeah. suppose brewers are looking at potential weather forecasts out there, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, Although they seem to be brewing. I mean, I've seen a bit, quite a few drays about around us. I passed one of our Titanic pubs today, and they were they were delivering. So, uh, so I, and as I mentioned before, I'm hopefully going to be in Whitby. Although we had a bit of a false uh, a false a false uh, thing this week. Got an email yesterday telling me that I couldn't go because the place we were going had a shared lobby. Um, anyway, managed to oh, Nick's got his Whitby glass as well. Uh, managed to rebook somewhere else in Whitby that's also got a shed lobby, but apparently that's okay. So not really sure how we're doing really. And it looks like Nick's on the Whitby yeah, tonight. So yeah, I tripped Hamburg at console as well. I was uh, been spending days looking at all the uh, pubs and beer kellers in Hamburg to get cancelled. So Nicholas, are you on the Whitby now? What have you started on? Yeah, I'm on the bottom at the moment. Starting a little bit lighter. So right. Timmy Taylor's bolt maker, and then yeah, done that well in anticipation of maybe having the real thing. Well, it's, this is a real <laughs> thing, but as in straight from the barrel. Uh, when we hopefully meet up and social distance and uh, pint together. Right? Is it my internet yeah. or is it your internet that's going off, Bruce? Can you hear Nick? Okay, because he's, he's yeah, I can yeah. All right, yeah. I'll tell you what. I might just turn my camera off then, because I my my. Uh, my uh, my I thought we had a pregnant. I thought we had a pregnant pause there. Yeah, mine's gone a bit thing. Um, and I, well, I was going to show you. I just I just nipped down Morrison's to get a uh, present for my uh, 
godmother, who I'm going to pick a character in Birmingham, and I quick look down the uh, the shelves, and I've got a Thornbridge Pink Lemonade Sour, which uh, Morrison's was selling for one one pound sixty. So <laughs> I might put the camera on and show you that when I poured it. <laughs> thought it might, I thought it might appeal to you, Bruce. A pink lemonade sour. Yeah. <laughs> so, is it alcoholic or not? No, yeah, it's four percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna. I'm, gonna, I'm just pour it, it now. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Three thirty milliliter can. Yeah, a little. Uh, I'll just put me there. So it's uh, it's that kind of little can, and it's All it's right. quite. Yeah, it's, an, it's an interesting colour. Okay, yeah. That's pink lemonade, isn't it? Yeah. So it's pink lemonade sour, four point eight percent actually, and it's called Alot, and it's uh, I thought one of Thornbridge's kind of craft. Uh, Alot is inspired by love and labour put into allotments around the country and named after supposed creator of Pink Lemonade. It's packed with classic garden fruit, strawberry, rhubarb, which complements the beer fantastically. So, hmm. Makes you wonder where they're getting the strawberries and rhubarb from this time of year. Mm, yes. Mm. In, in, interesting taste. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we thought this week we'd just really just have a quick catch-up so I've called it Easter Reflections. Uh, we hit our double figures last week of podcast. So we are um, just we're going to have a break next week as well. And we kind of we got this, we kind of got to this bit where we were uh, not sure about where we were going to kind of go next. So that is hopefully the plan. Um, as always, just got a few bits and pieces to pick up from last week. Really, really enjoyed last week's podcast. Uh, it was great having. Kieran abroad, and we are, you know, listening back to it, we had a really good chat about, it, didn't we, North Yorkshire and the railways and the moors and the coast, and I think we covered some cracking pubs. Um, I've worked out that on average we talk about twenty-five pubs on each of these podcasts, so that means that over the last three months we've actually talked about over two hundred and fifty pubs, which is just bonkers, yeah. isn't it? It's just crazy. Um, and again, you know. I guess it's how we why we miss them so much, really. So, Nick, you sent us this. Now, you mentioned this last week mm. about Whitby. We talked a little bit about, I think you mentioned that they've still got the biggest um, trawler building shipyard up there on the yeah. river as you go past the kind of marina bit. And you mentioned yeah. that you'd seen a picture of this German yeah. a destroyer. Right? It's a, a light, thing, isn't it? light cruiser, which yeah. was the spoils of war after World War I. Um, this was something that Germany had to hand over to Great Britain. So this was a, a German-like cruiser. Doesn't look too light, does it? But it's just immense compared to, I mean, well, as you can see, it's, it's, it's a wonder they managed to get it into the harbour up the river anyway. And then what a job it must have been to start on and take that to pieces and yeah. take it back down to nuts and bolts yeah. again. And again, just for those that are not on the on the YouTube, I mean, this is a huge, I mean, it's towering above the street. I mean, there are what? There are three, four-storey houses in Whitby on the side of the river there. And it's towering yeah. above them. I mean, how the hell they got it through the bridge? I presume the bridge was there. In the, I don't know how old the bridge is. The bridge must be Second World War, wasn't it? Or First World War, was it? I would imagine. No, the, the, yeah, the bridge, the bridge swings though, doesn't it? So yeah. uh, it doesn't, it doesn't lift well, that, up. No, as well. It must be. Uh, I must have to wait for a really high tide for it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Just... I mean, it, it it would have probably been. You know, the harbour, they would have been dredging it uh, more frequently than they are nowadays, Bruce. I mean, in those days, all the rivers were dredged as well. I mean, even Moulton. That's why Moulton became a centre for brewing, because it was navigable down to the Ouse and then the Ouse into the Humber. So literally, you could get in a boat uh, in Moulton and chug off down the river and end up in Hull if you wanted to. But then that was superseded when the railways arrived, uh, when they were bringing, um, you know, goods from the coast uh, by railway. 
and then the river started to silt up and that's a lot of local people think that's part of the problem now with the flooding in Moulton even though the environmental agencies say no it won't make a difference but surely if you dig out three foot of mud at the bottom of the river it provides three foot more space for water doesn't it but Absolutely. there we are yeah yeah because if you walk down the river at Whitby which again I'll hope we do next week there is actually quite a lot of obviously the old stays and uh, you know quite a way up almost to get, get all the way up to Russop so obviously, like you're saying, it there probably was a lot more traffic going up yeah. and down that river, um, which well, is amazing. Because what else? What else could get by that massive boat? Though? That's if that's up on that slipway at the, at the top end there, we not much could get past it really, could they? They used to bring timber ships in, didn't they, Bruce? Yeah. from Scandinavia. They did, and it tell you what the um, contract for tipping it were uh, slates at Pickering. Yeah, they, uh, they operated that yard, and uh, that was yeah. the last the last working boat to go in was. Um, Brought to say timber and stealing, I think, from Holland. And yeah, they were, they were quite sizable cargo boats, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the other big was that was it Alan, was it Alan, wasn't it? That the uh, the, the kind of mine up the north end of Whitby, because again, on that Kate Humble program, they were saying that it was, they were at Port Mulgrave, and I mean that was a massive port. I mean, it's nothing there now. It's literally a bit of a beach, and they were saying that. And then some guy was also saying, some guy from National Trust was saying that there's something like five thousand shipwrecks off Whitby. Because it was such a massive trade. Obviously, coal from Newcastle going down to London, the the alum trade was for use for dyeing, um, and urine came up because that's they had to use uh, urine, a uh, human urine, to fix the alum for the dyes. So yeah, as yeah. boats went down with the coal, they came back full of piss from London, and people were actually paid to piss in the pots, which is where the piss pot comes from, and you got yeah. paid a penny a pot, and that's where it comes. They, they could not get enough urine. To kind of fix this, whatever you have to do with alum to fix it, so they were so they sent the boats back up, smelling a bloody full of piss. So that'd have been a nice one. It's stale urine on a boat for God knows three weeks. Well, now, now, now we put it in our diesel cars, don't we? Anybody yeah. blue system on the car? That's basically all that is. It's a synthetic urea. Uh, so we're going to come back with a couple more things about Whitby that I just picked up as well. Um, now I, I think I got Bruce this week. Bruce was on about last week. Bruce was on about. Um, uh, April Fools, and we had a bit of a discussion. Yeah. So I, this this cropped up in Twitter, I think, last weekend. So I said to Bruce straight away, Bruce, look at this, mate. This is be cracking. Uh, and I think Bruce yeah. actually went after trembling madness, didn't he? Tell him, see if they got any. Okay. <laughs> Not to create but it seems so convincing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you, well I, this is it. We're, we're different beer flavours now. You, you, you can't know. I mean, what are you drinking tonight? That's, uh, yeah, that's a case in point. Yeah. Are you sure that wasn't uh, April Fool that Thornbridge have done and they're just trying to get rid of the stuff? <laughs> so, again, for those on YouTube, this was a uh, tweet of a picture of Northern Monk who said that they were <laughs> going to collaboration with Seabrook, the Chris makers uh, from Bradford, and there was going to be a cheese and onion lager-flavoured Northern Monk <laughs> beer. Uh, so Bruce duly went off to the beer shop to see if he could find any. But you're right, Nick. So actually, I started digging a bit here, and I came across this. So actually, Northern Monk actually did for real. And obviously, we've talked about Yorkshire pudding beer, but these are real oh, beers. Yeah. These, these are not April Fools. So Northern Monk, a couple of years ago, uh, teamed up with Auntie Bessie's, who make you know make the frozen Yorkshire puddings, and they did a, they did a Sunday dinner roast dinner brown ale, five point seven percent. And then they also did a Northern Monk uh, Aunt Bessie's Jam Roly Poly Jam and Custard Pale Ale at 5.7%. And if you go on uh, Untapped, you can actually find reviews of these beers. I've got to say, they don't score particularly well. 
but you know, <laughs> people people will do very mad things. And again, I know we mentioned the Malton Brewery, but again, they had they, they'd been quite a lot out this week with their rebranding, where they show you the Yorkshire pudding things that go in. So yeah, they, apparently these were real these were real beers. Um, Northern Monk, a Sunday dinner brown ale and a jam roly poly pale ale. So I, I don't think they're doing them now. So I, and I've got to say the reviews were were a bit uh, were a bit low. So but jam roly poly one sounds sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, we've got the, we've got the uh, the monthly food uh, farmers market in Malton this weekend. So I'm hoping the uh, Yorkshire pudding brewery will be there, so I'll maybe go and try and secure us some beers. So yeah, I am meeting with, with up with you sometime, Mike. I'll try yeah. and uh, try and get. Some well, again, have a chat with Howard about whether we can maybe try and fix a date when we can we have yeah. a chat. Can we do a multiple one? Yeah. So again, I just started at Seabrooks is, a, is a, you know again for those in Yorkshire, uh, Seabrooks uh, were were you know probably the crisp of choice for Yorkshire kids when we were growing up. They were um, they were the original crinkle cut. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think they started on crinkle cut before everyone else, and they also did. moved on to uh, using sunflower oil yeah, as well. That's right. Long yeah. before a lot of other crispy people. So they are they are a very traditional uh, tra- traditional uh, company. I don't know if you can get them nationally. Uh, or whether they are regional. Supermarkets sell them, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So again, ones do, do taste better, though, I have to say, yeah. I had, no, I remember these, obviously, I remember these, Nick, when we used to go to my dad's school. Uh, yeah. And, and he had, and the Chris managed to come. And I remember the smoky bacon ones. They were like, I mean, God mm. knows what they were on them. It was like a, a pink dust one that you, you can lick, all these kids yeah. licking the pink dust. Of, but I've got the flavors in a minute. Again, really interesting. So apparently, this was a fish and chip shop in Bradford. And uh, he he asked for some photos to be done, and when he went to collect the photos, some boots or wherever as you would in those days, they instead of saying Mister Charles Brook, that's what it was, it, it said Seabrook, because obviously he said please label them Seabrook. So that's apparently how the name came across. That Charles uh-huh. Brook had a fish and chip shop in Bradford, and he sent off some photos, and they came back with C as in the C E A Brook. So the Seabrook, and that's where the name came from back in nineteen thirty nine. Um, and as you said there, that I think then his son came back from the Second World War. He was in the Navy. And I think he may have picked up this idea of making chips, as the Americans call them, this idea of about diversifying. Uh, and they started to produce these Seabrooks crisps. Uh, and again, as Nick said there, they were the original crinkle cut crisps. Uh, they moved into their first factory in the 1950s. And then a bit of a theme, uh, guess what? In 2019, they were bought out by a Japanese firm called Calbee, who apparently are, are a big leading snack brand. So interesting little thing. Obviously, they're still around. And this is what I, I found this as well. This is, again, for those on uh, uh, YouTube, this is just all their old flavours. And I just remember all these packets really were fantastic. So they had pickled onion, sorry, spring onion, yeah. spring onion flavour, I can remember. Uh, Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce flavour. Cream cheese and chai yeah. flavor, roast chicken. Remember, smoky bacon were my were my favorite. I like tomato sauce flavor as well. Canadian ham. Mm. So yeah, they were quite a bit of a always a nice big thick bag as well. Weren't they, Seabrook? Yeah. Um, and quite a nice one in the pub to kind of dip in your best bitter. So Seabrook's crisps, yeah, very nice. Well, they were they were common in the in the pubs around us, weren't they? With it yeah. being a, a regional crisp manufacturer, so. More often than not, if you went into a pub in Malton and asked for a bag of crisps, you'd get these rather than Walkers or Smiths or whoever else was around. Canny Bag of Tudor, as it was up in the North East. 
Now, on another theme, which again, as, as we've said, uh, things keep coming. So this was uh, one of the uh, ladies who works uh, for Camerol, volunteers, one of the guys who actually just put herself forward for the national executive. Uh, she tweeted that she'd got a, a best egg, was that she'd got a proper egg, a proper job egg from St. Austell. So again, another collaboration. Uh, say Austell Brewery had have teamed up with some uh, a local college business called Choco Larda, and they decided they would make a beer inspired uh, Christmas uh, sorry Easter egg. Uh, unfortunately, you don't actually get a bottle of proper job in the egg. Unfortunately, which I, when I first thought it, I thought, oh, it's, it's not. Well, yeah. But, but I'm, got... I'm, I'm just thinking it was more like a coconut. <coughs> you, you know, you, you put an oil on top of it, and it was full of <laughs> proper job. Stick uh, a straw in it, or just knock the yeah. top off and. Drink it out as though you're on some sort of Cornish island somewhere, stranded and marooned. Uh, and apparently, it's just one percent uh, is made up of proper job and the and the cocoa that they use. So it's it's stretching it slightly. I, I guess it's good marketing, isn't it? So again, you could buy it. As, it wasn't cheap. Fifteen pounds fifty for a proper proper. I'm not even sure what what it had inside it. Maybe nothing. Uh, I just read the blurb and it said that, that each egg had one percent was one percent um, proper job IPA. So I'd rather okay. have ten bottles of proper job from Little. <laughs> Absolutely, one fifty nine a bottle. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, so being news, just a couple of things for me this weekend. I've got the uh, Brewdog virtual AGM. Um, so again, uh, the the two guys who run Brewdog are going to do a thing for five o'clock. Um, so they've sent out a case of beer to um, the members. So uh, among the other delights I'm going to be drinking on Saturday night are Al- Albino Squid Assassin. It's one of their beers they've brewed. A 14% Imperial Stout with chilli and cocoa nibs. And uh, Mega Trash Lager, which is apparently now used, they use all the trash cans, or they call it Mega Trash Can Lager. So I'll report back that when we next meet in a couple of weeks' time, so that goes. Um, and then the other one is the week after that. Um, I think the camera was going to be in Sheffield this year, wasn't it? I think also oh, the members' weekend, you know, the when all the members get together, <coughs> which is going to be in Sheffield, and that's normally, again, Easter time. So I think it's quite a good idea, really. The camera, uh, re- uh, regional Sheffield and district camera, have got together and they put together a Highlights of Sheffield beer box. The man arrived uh, yesterday. Uh, and again, they're going to do a beer tasted, beer beer chat. So there's some quite nice beers there, Nick, about in Sheffield, Abbeydale, uh, Neepsend, yeah. Callum Island. Uh, that Farmer's Belgian Blue, uh, we mean you suck quite a lot of that in a, a pub in the in the Peak District uh, not, not so long ago, which I quite like. Yeah, that. yeah. So yeah. that's quite a nice little box. I'm looking forward to that. That's a week on uh, Saturday. Um, so again, I'll feed back on that really. And as we mentioned, we think I think Sheffield might be one of our first yeah. little trips out when we we get. I really want to go to the cutlery works, which looks looks really nice now. And there's apparently there's even more, you know, bars and um, kick, clicking up and quite a lot of uh, some good breweries there as well, aren't there? Really, you forget actually how, how quite some good breweries. Well, we we were going to the cutlery works, weren't we, bros? But found out they were open on a. Did we go yeah, on a Monday or Tuesday? So it's it more than likely going to be a weekend anyway, our first yeah. trip out in it. So, yeah. Mm. We'll see. So that was the here. And, it's, and we've done this a little mm. bit. I know, Bruce, you shared this picture of a, a snowman in a pub garden. I think if it had been this week, I think much business for the first part of this week. It has been bloody cold. But as we mentioned, that obviously on Monday, uh, well, this Monday, this week, Boris uh, stood up and told us all everything is going to plan. And the rollout continues, so the lockdown roadmap uh, goes through. So the big date is next Monday, the 12th of April, where non-essential shops can open. 
And as we've been talking about, pub and restaurants can open, but outside only. Um, as we said, it's a still a bit, it's still quite hard really to find out who's open, who's not open. Uh, I think me and Bruce would chat. Our local papers have been quite good, actually, kind of listing which pubs are going to be open. Yeah, that has been really good. Uh, quite a few around me here in Stokar, but I said we're off up to Whitby and hopefully meet up with Nick. But again, we find it quite hard, Nick, can't we, to find anything that's open or yeah. find a bit more detail? Even, I mean, even the big, the big, the biggest chain pub at Northern Whitby just checked tonight, and they're not open until May the seventeenth. Uh, I know. Then the talk, but there again, they're still talking about serving food outside of May seventeenth. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, May seventeenth, they're allowed to. Yeah, it says there, pub and restaurants open indoors. Yeah. On the, yeah, the roadmap so, on the screen there. Uh, I know yeah. Weatherspoons is open, Nick, innit? We, we all, we'll end up in Weatherspoons, the Angel, if right, we're yeah. in Whitby. Because uh, yeah. I know that, that the Whitby one is one that's going to is going to reopen. Because they have got quite a big sitting area, haven't they? And I wonder whether they're going to use that little lane at the side as well. Well, there's a lane, there's, the, there's that parking lot as well. That yeah. I don't know who owns it, but it's always yeah. empty. It's fenced off, so that would be ideal to move some furniture over there as well, really. And as we said, quite a few pubs have. Uh, we mentioned the Fox in York, where Bruce is close to. Have got their marquees up. We've got quite a few around here that have got big marquees up now. So um, I think everyone knows. I know. I noticed quite a lot of not doing bookings. You just, they're just saying we're just going to do walk up. We're not going to do yeah. bookings. Um, just going to walk up. Um, big thing about the Fox that uh, this year, this time around, this lockdown, it was all enclosed before, wasn't it, Nick? Where this time they've rolled back the ends of the marquee, so actually the yeah. uh, long um, side that's still going to be enclosed. They're going to have yeah. air going through from both sides. Well, that's you, it seems that's sense. how it sh- that's how it should be, Bruce. That's how it should be. I mean, if they use common sense, all they have to do is keep the one side out, the three sides down, whichever way the wind's blowing. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, we said about where you might go for your first beer. What about if you had the choice of one of those 250 pubs that we've talked about over the last uh, 11 weeks or so? If you know, if, if you had free choice, where would you want to go? Uh, well, let me see. Now, the phase no longer... I mean, I think with hindsight, I keep talking about I actually think, when I think about it, I think probably the Victoria at Durham, I think, uh, especially with the nights being like this, strawberry now, they'll have the fires lit. Um, much as I love Nellie's, uh, Nellie's is stunning. I think uh, that Victoria, the way they maintain it, it's totally preserved. The original features there are fantastic. Uh, three rail fires. I mean, it is like stepping back into a well-maintained Victorian inn, isn't it, Nick? Yeah. You know being a vehicle? It is absolutely uh, stunning. And I, think, well, I think that's uh, probably, it must be one uh, of the finest five pubs in the country. Yeah, the yeah I mean, it, the issue with me, Bruce, it's small, and I don't think it's comfortable. It's yeah. what I call very utility. It's mm. it's it's upright little wooden chairs or upright seating. Uh, yeah, the, the regulars tend to sit at the bar. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good pub. It's a historic pub, but in terms of being comfortable, just to sit there all afternoon and just to lean back and enjoy my beer. I don't know that it would be in my top three, to be honest with you. Mm. I can think of other places where, you know, I'd, I'd be a lot happier walking in, sitting down on my own, because I have been in there on my own, actually. Uh, last time I was, went up in Durham with the, with our lass, um, she had to go and do a bit of shopping. She had to go and buy a birthday present to somebody. So I said, I managed to park down there. So I said, all right, I'm going to Victoria then. And I say I went in there on my own. And... You know, there's always a thing when a pub is it's fairly quiet and it's it's fairly enclosed as well. You know, so I was I was sat away 
nobody really took me on to engage me in conversation and I didn't want to put into anybody else's conversations. Um, but it was like people are aware that you were there because it's not one of them pubs that you can sort of sit on the periphery and just watch the world go by. Because I say it's, it's such a small place, really. Um, so when Michael posed his question to us before we started, I think originally I'd said the palace in, in, in Dublin. I think that's that's the place where you can go in on your own and sit and watch the world go by. And you'll know this better than anybody, Bruce, seeing that your ancestry is Irish. Mm. You're about guaranteed that if you sent a pub on your own in Ireland, somebody will come and talk to you. You or are, they'll, al- true, yeah. they'll allow you to be included in their conversation, uh, you know, and they don't see, see that you're being no- nosy or rude if you just happen to speak to them across the pub, as it were. And no. whilst that's the, the palace in the most comfortable places, because it, it's just wooden chairs in it, sent in that back room there, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's big enough to be able to sort of almost blend into the fixes and fittings and watch people come and go. And once again, the sort of people coming and going as well, whilst the palace does it regulars, it is getting a bit better known now on the tourist map because, um, you know, it's at the end of Temple Bar there. So you get a mixture of people going in. Whereas I would say the Victoria in Durham, it is more of a, a regulars or a locals pub. Uh, and I'm not saying that you'd have any issues in there, but in terms of being able to rack and, and get involved in a conversation, I don't think um, it's as easy to do that in, in the Victoria as it would be in, in the Palace, for example. Yeah, but to be honest, if I mean... I've got pubs in York by myself all the time. I'm happy to sit there reading newspaper, but very rarely now would I want to pub in York and strike up conversation with strangers. I suppose because where I'm from, Malton, small town, it pretty much second nature for that to happen. But I think there'll be loads of people listening to this from bigger conurbations, and they'll be quite staggered that you're wandering your pub and strangers would start a conversation up with you, really. I think it's uh, sad. That's it's very sad, but I think, you know... No, I mean, I, I think, I think you get away with that more in York, because it's a tourist pub. And, you know, depending which pub you're going in, all the pubs in York are fr- frequented, I would say, by sort of equal numbers of tourists and of what you could call locals or regulars. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, even you think about the Maltins, you know, the Maltins, Sean does have his regulars by, by, by sure. But there again, it is that pub that if you read any guide or any, any um, directory on New York, and especially if you're coming into York, a lot of people come into York by train, it's one of the first pubs that you see as you walk in the city and head in there. And you do get a lot of, well, shall we call strangers or tourists in there. And once again, I think the Maltins is a pub where you could, engage people in conversation as I certainly have before you know you're not being rude you're not being intrusive but if you're sat at a table and somebody's having a conversation they're quite happy that uh, you know for other people to hear their conversation once again because there's no blaring music on then you know it's sometimes you can engage in conversation like you say sometimes you just want to sit back and read your paper or read a book or something like that like mm. yeah think so- about like, a bit like Nelly's well really at its best it's got to be dark outside cold have yeah. those fires Nelly's in day. I mean, Nelly's is a great pub, but in the daytime, it's a very different proposition. Yeah. yeah. Than being on a, on a dark night with the gaslights, uh, gas yeah. lights and things. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself, Michael? Uh, well, I was thinking what we talked about last week, actually, and I think if, if I had the choice, and it's probably nostalgic, I'd probably want to be the spotted cow, sat in that front little snug, uh, either that either table that's next to the bar, probably the one by the fire, so you can yeah. you can look across the yeah. bar, 
and go back yeah. about 20 years and have a really nice pint of Tetley's that used to serve in there. Oh, yeah. So that would be my choice, I think. Uh, or the other one that came ahead then was uh, back in the Swan and Rushes in Loughborough, where as a student, I spent quite a lot of Saturday lunchtime just sat in there. Sunday, it, Sunday, Sunday dinners as well. Sunday dinner. We, uh, we went in, uh, actually, when it went in there, but maybe about this time last year, actually, it was, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't quite yeah. as I remembered it. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably, yeah, a nice pint of, I mean, they'll be have a three, two or three good beers on don't they, in the, uh, the spotted cow if it's open and you know that's a that's a big if so i think that's where i'd yeah, probably I, 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 think, I think that that front room is conducive to speaking to people yeah. that you maybe not normally oh, yeah. speak to yeah. you know by the by the nature of it uh, once again it's a utility room it's not yeah. comfortable it's not it's not plush seating and you can't almost fall back in your chair and go to sleep can you yeah because it's 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 wooden chairs and, and narrow uh wooden wooden bench seating but uh yeah, I would say. I'd can imagine being in there and uh, James Herrick coming in after <laughs> play on the lowest country. I mean, you really could imagine that. Yeah, the market yeah. there, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I said, I mentioned that again. I think if I was local and if I, if I was, if we just get cancelled again, uh, I think the worst place I would be going. I think Nick I took you in here last Christmas, didn't we? Millards, mm. which I've got to mention to Bruce is. Again, it's one of these kind of industrial, uh, whatever the word is, uh, refits. It, it was uh, the pictures there on the screen. There, it was a very. Mm. It used to be a very cracking old little um, ironmongers and whole, you know, um, one of those stores where you could buy anything if you're doing your house up. And it went into rack and ruin. And there's a picture there that shows it boiled up and breeze block windows and uh, stuff, you know, trees growing out the wall. And about probably about three or four years ago now, I had a major op- op- overview, overrun, and, and uh, some uh, great guys took it over. It's a really kind of nice kind of crafty bar. They do two cast lines and then probably eight keg beers. Uh, and thankfully, they've got a really large, in the picture down the left-hand side, a big kind of sitting out area uh, with a very nice picture of a, 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 a duck being I, shot at, a mallard being shot at. I like at. that mallard. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And there's quite a nice area there. So I think they're not going to open all week. I think they're going to open from Thursday, I think, onwards. Uh, mm. But I think that's probably where I'll probably have my first local pint. Although, but again... Yeah, I mean, once again, Mike, that building, because it's 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 full height. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's that much air yeah. flowing around in there that you can't see there being much difference between, I, all right, don't go mad, but, you know, allowing some people to sit inside. You've yeah. got your outdoor area. I mean, you've yeah. got such high ceilings. You've got far more fresh air in a building like that that is an old building with old windows, no double glazed units, than a completely sterile supermarket that supermarkets have been able to operate yeah. with as many people as they want since year dot. And Even as you can see there... This, this, this just what gets me... The window's fully open there, so the, those windows on the front completely open, so you've got those big arches... And again, you remember where the toilets were, Nick? They've done all that bit out now. There's kind of a yeah. where the, where you, I think you can actually back trucks into that bit. I think it's where they add all yeah. the um, steel and stuff. And that, you so said, that's yeah. double height ceiling. So yeah. anyway, that's... So they uh, could almost, I mean, if, if they've retained their, their doors, they could almost open yeah. those doors up as well. So uh, we're having a bit of a reflection. So, uh, and again, we might think about some of these pubs as we, as we go back through these. Really. So I've just put up on the screen uh, our 10 episodes that we've done over the last, uh, whatever it is, the... Uh, 12 13 weeks so we started off back in january with our kind of philosophy about beer trips we then did our moon underwater with the perfect pub in episode two we then talked about planning and we talked about the good beer guide and how we chose pubs we then did um kind of west from york so we did skipton and keithley and ilkley place like that uh then we did hull 
in episode five and these riding. We talked about Beverly did it with there as well. In episode six, we did the Trans Pennine Rail Ale Trail. Uh, fortunately, Bruce had to spend that evening in New York A and E with his his son. Uh, we did City of Beer, uh, which was a good, good, good episode. I think that's probably got the highest uh, listens so far. Uh, Nick then did us the labels, logos, and branding. Uh, Bruce then took us around the first part of York, which was the east side of the river. Is that right, east side or west side of the river? What we said, west, side. West, side. west side of the river, and they changed that. And then I think my favourite was last week when we talked about the North Yorkshire Moors Railway. Uh, going from Pickering, Malton to Pickering, Pickering to Whitby, Whitby to Robinhood's Bay and Scarborough, which I thought was really good and great to have Kieran with as well. And and again, possible some news about beer festival in the future, which again we I think we're all cracking on there. Uh, Bruce, favorite episode you've you kind of you've, we've done so far? Um, yes, I think it was quite good fun last week uh, because I think you know you forget about virtual and things like that. And mm. you know, people know about that, but they enjoy it and. Uh, I uh, I like the whole one as well. I like the whole of the East Riding one because I mean yeah. Hull's one of those forgotten cities. Some great pubs there. Great to try and uh, hopefully introduce a few people to make the trip and visit those places and support those places. You know, it's a proper proper city in it all. You know, there's no yeah. airs of great cities. It's great, and you've got every nearby. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that one. I have to say, yeah. Nick, how about you? Favorite episode so far? Well, I, I, I like yours, bros, because I think. Uh, said this before just to have a city like york you literally well it's not your doorstep it's it is your doorstep and yet mm. i know you know not last time mike but we sort of like we're thinking where we we're going to go once when you came up and we just say well why don't we just go to york yeah and we yeah. did we we we, we went round the, the peru didn't we and we did seven or eight pubs that we had been in before but not for many many years yeah. it's like it was 20 miles away from home it was one ride on the train it was all that we wanted to be in terms of different pubs and range of beers. And yet we were back home again in half an hour, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. So as I think for diversity and, and history and, and, and beers and everything, you know, it's, it's, uh, we talk about going the length of breadth of the country, searching out pubs and searching out different beer. But when you've got all that on, on your doorstep in York, you know, yeah, we're very, very lucky. We really are. And, and I said, we're going to do, well, we'll um, we will do a, Second part two episode about York, uh, probably in two or three weeks' time when Bruce gets back on his bike again, so we'll get some nice weather. Uh, just a couple of things from Whitby, actually, we talked about last week, uh, and I think posed a question about, obviously we talked about Whitby Brewery, but I, I, was, I thought there were other breweries in Whitby, and a bit of digging, and I did pick them out, in that uh, there was a brewery called the Whitby Own Brewery, which was up on the Ropery. Um, and that was started in about 88 and then stopped in 97. Uh, and then Black Dog Brewery, which is the one with Nick we were talking about with your Rattus. Rattus, yeah. Yeah, and which is one I can't, I think that's the one I was thinking about. Uh, they they took over the Whitby Own Brewery Limited in, uh, well, well, from 97 till 2000. And they again then I think moved out towards Filingdales, but again, one of those again. Um, they stopped brewing in 2000 uh, and Black Dog was then contract brewed by Hambledon Ales um, across there in Thirst. We've talked about a few as well. Um, in 2006, brewery was sold and moved to the above address. And the picture on your right there is the brewery now is a apartment block uh, in Whitby. Um, I, tra- I tried to look at Hambledon. It's actually it's interesting how many 
uh, be as humble and do brew for other people now. They do quite a lot of these kind of, you know, keeping labels going. Because um, I've not seen Black Dog for a while, Nick, and I wonder whether yeah. they were still doing it. And I, I couldn't see on Hamilton's website. They don't actually, they don't tell you what other beers they're doing. But Nick mentioned, I've put the thing up there, it was Ratas Black Dog Brewery Dark Ale. Um, and that is that 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 black dog brewery thing on things like Untapped. It's still there, um, and it does say that it's brewed by Hambledon now. So maybe one to look out for. It might be something to do what they do, you know, as a as a kind of a seasonal beer yeah. now. And then I say I mentioned that it was Jeff Woolens who I know went and helped one brewery to basically set up when he when he left uh, Mountain Brewing. Can you think, Bruce, when that might have been? Well, I was thinking that would ninety six. Would that be about ninety six? Wouldn't it ninety seven? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. There was a bit of a Bust up there in a part of the ways the old Morton Brewery, and that was, say, I'd say, about 1997, I think. 96, right yeah. yeah. Which... I, say, I, I remember Jeff saying that that's where he was helping out, and he was helping them. And I say, that was their, that was their bit like uh, Brass Castle's uh, Bad Kitty. Yeah. The Rattus was the one that um, the brewery got its name, name for. Yeah. It won, I think it won some awards, you know, as a, as a dark porter or whatever else, a dark beer porter. So, yeah. Uh, but again, interesting that there's just a whip of brewery now. And there's no, you know, well, again, it's one of those towns that not a lot of brewing in the past, which again is interesting. But I guess as a seaside town, that's probably you brought beer in. And then just again, the theme that we've been talking about for the last couple of uh, weeks or so, um, especially when we talked about York and the temperance movement. We talked a bit about that uh, the last, last couple of weeks, haven't we, about the way that um, <clears throat> there aren't many breweries in York. And we talked about the round trees. Did you know that the Tapau, I've got the picture of the Brass Castle Tapau, did you know that was a temperance hotel in the 1800s? It um, must have been yeah. rebuilt then, because that wall is, I would say, is, is, is fairly new, yeah. above. Uh, and obviously the, the, the bow was always a shop front. It was a hand shop and very small shops. Shop, for yeah, yeah. A long while, wasn't it? So I, um, there was there was another, there were two temperance hotels in, in Moulton. Uh, I, can, I can find a picture of the other one. I can't find a picture of this one. Um, there are if you if you kind of Google it, you get a picture of Yorkers Gate with this obviously this building halfway down it, um, and obviously this is where people who didn't want to drink or they were they were set up to try you know yeah. offer a thing. So it's great that little link there. And I was listening yeah. actually to another. Um, in fact, it was it was the this the World Cup of Breweries that I think um, time for a brew um, from York the podcast. They're doing their you know where you vote which breweries you want. And they were talking about the Welsh um, Wales again. The Wales hardly having any breweries even now. Um, it's getting better, so that got me thinking again. And they then began to talk about that, and it was a similar thing really, in that obviously Wales was very uh, strong uh, both north and south for Methodism and Presbyterianism, and they often had very much at the centre of their kind of faith was temperance, was not drinking. Um, and so while, while they were, there's a picture here of Thomas Nevins, Welsh Hills Lemonade, um, you know, very much pr- promoting soft drinks. Um, and we, we talked about these as well a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and again, brewing in Wales, just found here. So there are now 78 breweries in Wales, which is great, but there are 149 breweries in just Yorkshire alone. Um, wow. and, and 150 breweries have closed in Yorkshire, uh, which I got from one of my new, new books. And if, if you look on that, I've got a little graph thing on there that I got from a book about this. And back in 2002, there were actually only 13 breweries mm. active in the Hall of Wales. And it's only recently, and I'll come on to that in a minute, while there's been a bit of an upsurge. So it's probably 2013 when it goes to 75, uh, 88 and 2015. It's actually dropped now to 78. So again, the Hall of Wales are only 78 breweries. 
yet in Yorkshire alone, there are 194 breweries. Um, and again, it's all about the temperance movement. It's all about that there was a massive thing about temperance, that, you know, people being encouraged not to drink. Uh, so there's, there's a little picture there from Victorian, and lips that touch liquor shall not touch ours, and some very <laughs> stern-looking Welsh women underneath it, and, and a thing from Aberystwyth. They still, still like that. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, and there's some firsts in Wales, uh, Wrexham was the first place to brew lager in the UK, because apparently yep. there was a, a, grow, a load of immigrant brothers from Saxony, uh, began brewing in 1882, and that became Wrexham Lager, which I've been was... To their, I've been to, their, been to their brewery tap. I can't remember yeah. the name of the pub is, but it's it's full of uh, rugby. That's rugby right. memorabilia, rugby pictures and things like that. And that was, again, the actual brewery itself stopped in 2000, but, again, some guys managed to buy the name, and I've got their little logo, or they call it, they, they kind of, the X, it's WXM, but it's still Wrexham. Um, mm. And like you're saying, yeah, they, they reestablished themselves, I think, in uh, about eight, nine years ago. Uh, and interestingly, there is the reason why the sudden surges, the Welsh Development Agency, actually has put a lot of money into into developing craft uh, and craft beers and craft breweries as part of kind of making Welsh Wales again or whatever, building Wales back. Um, and again, interesting, another first, the Fellow Fall Brewery, yeah. first brewery in the UK to actually sell its beer in cans. Um, they, I think they, they had a dragon, they didn't they? Uh, they have a dragon. They have a dragon as their logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's interesting again, just that theme that we've been talking about intemperance and the power of um, uh, the church. You know, in, and we certainly talk about that in York quite a lot as well. Now, as for Moulton, uh, I came across this really interesting. Um, I think in the good old days, um, the post office <clears throat> held a record of everybody in the town that was working and every business. And you, you could go in the post office and you could ask for this. So I managed to get hold of something from 1890. Uh, and this was held in the Moulton Post Office. And this lists all the hotels, all the beer houses, and all the brewers and maltsters. So we know about Russell's Rangums, because Nick's talked about them a little bit when he's in his cellar. Uh, we know about Russell's. Um, I didn't, I've never heard about Mortimer and Wilton on Savile Street. Yeah. And Walker and John Walker on Castlegate. Never heard of that brewery in Moulton. So you sometimes get glass bottles. You know the old bottles that get dug out the dumps. I've seen John Walker bottles before. Yeah. And then if you look at the list of pubs, I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. I think pubs. And then there is six beer houses. So beer houses. All they could sell was beer. They couldn't sell spirits. Um, and again, looking at that, li- looking at that list there, we've still got the. Well, I presume that's the blue. It says blue hall, but I think that's blue ball, isn't it? And blue. Yeah. Maybe it was the blue ball. Mm. The blue ball, New Biggin, that's still there. We've then mm. got the Cross Keys Wheelgate, that's still there. You've got mm. Crown Hotel Wheelgate Sudderby, so that's still there. Uh, now they're around the Rose and Crown. Um, the Fleece isn't there anymore, is it? No. The George no. is still there in Yorkers Gate. Uh, Golden Line in the Marketplace, that's all shut up now, isn't it? Or is that going to re- reopen as a pub? Pub's still there, but yeah, it's been closed for three, four, five years, yeah. Uh, Green Man, that's still there. New Globe is still there. Shut, closed, open, yeah. yeah. Uh, Talbot, I don't know, that's the old Talbot in Market Street, not heard of that one. Royal Oak Hotel Marketplace, you said, Nick, that's shut though, hasn't it, recently? That's, well, yeah, that closed before Christmas, so that's been closed six months now. Uh, we've mentioned yeah. Spotted Cow, and then we've well, also got the Talbot. Yeah. And then the White Swan, obviously, which, is, which again was a great pub, wasn't it? The, old, the White Swan in the good old days. Uh, but again, that's been closed a while. And oh. yeah. And then I don't think I didn't recognise any of those at the bottom there, any of those beer houses, Bay Horse, 
Castle or How and Ox, Elephant Castle. So interesting. So there's, I think when we do the Molten podcast, we need to look in some of those a bit more, really, uh-huh. and maybe try and find that's those buildings. Yeah, that's only the pubs in Malton as well, because yeah. for our purposes, Malton and Norton are the same town, just one town divided by a, a river, and uh, that, that's just to list any pubs in Norton, doesn't no. it? Well, that was in the East Riding, wasn't it, Norton? So it probably would be a separate entity, really, as well. So Yeah, yeah. I, I thought there was more yeah. than that, actually, because I've, <laughs> I've got a list somewhere of all the pubs in Malton, but that's probably as in going over a couple of centuries. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah. runs to, that must run to 60 or 70 different pub yeah. names. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this must be like a snapshot of oh, it's 1890. 1890. Like, yeah, like yeah. a census, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So interesting. So we might come back to that at some point in the future. So again, yeah, I just wanted, obviously we've talked about 250 pubs. Uh, and back in episode two, we we went through all wells a list for the moon underwater, what made a perfect pub. And we all put forward our cases. And I think in the end, I chose the bolt makers. Uh, Bruce chose that as well, but we made him choose another one. So he chose the White Horse Nellies in Beverly. And Nick, as you mentioned tonight, you chose the Palace Bar. So I guess the next question is, does anybody want to change their choice after we've talked about another 250 pubs over the last 12 weeks? No, because I think take anybody into all those every televised. I think they, they, they can't believe that such a place still exists. Really, it's like a piece of a living, working history. I mean, it's just a joy to sit in there, isn't it? Mm. Sadly, being afflicted by the Samsung's price rise, uh, mm. you know, it's it's just amazing. And, and to think till until March last year, you were sat there paying two pound a pint makes it even more astonishing. I mean, it's totally. I can't think of anywhere else in the country quite like Nellie's. Can you? Yeah. No, I agree, agree with you there, Bruce. And like once again, it's utility, but it's got so many different rooms, and those rooms have got different characters that you don't uh, you don't actually mind that. No, but must be visited when it's dark. It's just not the same experience at all in the daytime, is it? Yeah, no, it's a totally right. Well, no, no. You, you, sometimes you get the sunlight coming through the windows at different times of the day, and you see the dust in the air, you know, creating mm. that pattern and. Uh, you know, I think pubs have changed now. There's no smoking anymore. Because whilst I've never been a smoker and whilst, yeah, I didn't necessarily like smoking in pubs, in terms of a pub being traditional, that sort of attitude, you could see the cigarette smoke hanging in the air, you know, sat there enjoying a pint and uh, looking across the bar and the sunlight coming through the windows, as it were. And you're sticking with the palace, Nick, are you? Yeah, I mean, a couple of other things. I've talked about why, but the other thing... I know it's one of those myths again. We've talked about the myth that Guinness is good for you because it contains iron. I don't know. I always think that if I'm going to go to a pub and sit there all afternoon, I could probably get away drinking six pints of Guinness and it not having as much of an effect to me as drinking six pints of beer. So in terms of having having a conversation with somebody, after I've had six pints of beer, I start to talk rubbish. Well, six? Probably talk rubbish most of the time anyway, but yeah, quite. And then the other thing I like about the palace compared to your two choices is that when you step outside, you might be in your own little fuzzy, happy world where you've had six pints of Guinness, you've had a bit of a crack, and you can amble your way down Fleet Street, down Temple Bar, and you can be smiling and talking and singing to yourself, and nobody will take any notice because you're in Dublin. Whereas you step out of the White Horse or the Bolt Makers, you're stepping onto a quite a depressing street that's just full of traffic, aren't you? And as you wander your way up the footpath, if you're singing to yourself or smiling to yourself and talking to yourself, you'll probably get some strange looks. Whereas in Dublin, 
you get away with doing that. You probably get hassled. There's no better than. No, well, there's no better than. Give us a favour. Give us a favour. Stepping back outside into either the sunlight or the nighttime air, and you just got that happy feeling about you. And I say you can carry that happy feeling on down Fleet Street and in Dunbar, whereas I, I don't think you can do that in in uh, in, in Keith. You certainly can't do it in Keithley. Uh, Beverly ain't a bad little town. Ain't a bad city. But uh, well, again, so that's we, that's why I would, I would I would go Palace rather than the other two. But then that's since you said that because obviously we. You, we would rarely sit in a pub for two or three hours, would we, these days? And I, I wondered that, that. I wonder if you, if you sat in a pub and drank the same beer, you probably could drink six pints. The problem with us, we're always up and moving, and you know, oh, you're trying something else, aren't you? Maybe that's that's you're mixing beer up, aren't you, quite a lot? Whereas if you, if you sat on the same, like we used to do with Double Chance, and you sit and just drink Double Chance all night, you were pretty fine, really. So I mentioned to Bruce, I, I don't know, I might want to change mine, I think, because I don't think the bolt makers would be as good. You know, even it's fully open in June. Um, I don't think the beer is quite as good as it used to be, um, and the bottle makers has changed a little bit since we were in there a little bit as well. So, certainly, the outside's a lot more garish now. Yeah, presenting there. That was a that was bad doing that to the outside. <laughs> uh, and I just reflect on last week. We talked about the Birch All Inn, and I think if you were if you didn't have to go anywhere and you could just stop there, or you could just like Nick said, stumble out into the lane at whatever half past eleven that night and be transported home or whatever. But like Kieran does, yeah. just go and jumps on a sleeps on a, on a railway. That's, that's what it is. We'll go to those railway carriages now at Goldland that you can hire. Um, I think that'd be quite a nice place to drink, wouldn't it? That's it's a bit yeah. of everything there. You're in the country. I think you would get Nick's. I think you would get people talking to you there. The rooms are so small, you've got to talk to everybody else because you're almost sat on each other's shoulders, aren't you? Uh, you got you've got a, a sweet a, a, summer, a summer's evening. If you've yeah. been in there, sat outside for two or three hours until it starts to go dark, and then inside, and then you step out, and at eleven o'clock at night, you sometimes get those evenings where it's still almost light, isn't it? Yeah, and it's yeah. quite warm, and and the air settled, and it's all. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Or, or even there. getting snowed in there because you've got the sweet shop, so you, you keep yourself full of rations, don't you? Just drinking beer and <laughs> eating sweets for like two days. Or he's like the people were at the what was it, Tannehill, when they were snowed in for two days, weren't they? Uh, I've got yeah. a couple of pictures there, Nick, of the uh, the inside of the palace because just to talking about it. And the yes. the one on the left is the picture I mentioned that on that uh, Irish pub film. Yeah, you can yeah. see they're the three yeah. kind of geezers that are on the bar. Yeah. The guy yeah. with the waistcoat, with the uh, waistcoat, whatever it is, he's that's the guy that, that I think he's the bar manager. Uh, and I still yeah. remember him. And I, I'm sure I remember those other two boys as well because they, they sit on that first, um, it's kind of partitioned out there, the kind of old drinking partitions there yeah. that have got the, uh, and as Nick said, if you can get on one of those, uh, well, you can't move sometimes because if you get up, you, you won't be able to get out anyway. Like you said, it's that one where the beers will be passed down that, that row of bar there. Uh, so yeah, good some good. In the back the room bottom. through the back, you know, yeah. it's a typical pub and it hasn't got any windows in it, such. But it does it have a, yeah. it has a skylight as well. That's in right. In that back yeah. room, so it's yeah. not quite as dark and no. dingy. I don't like as it. A I, lot I of prefer, the pubs might go into. I prefer to be sat down here though, if you could. If you get one of those, right, a little booth. And then obviously there. the, there's that tiny little snug in the yeah. in the right hand corner. Right corner. But yeah. I think yeah. you've almost got to be privileged to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like you say, if, if you watch the program, they, they, they insinuate that that little, little tiny little snug was only for business to be con- conducted yeah. Yeah. in. Yeah. So I think, as a tourist or as a stranger, you'd be pretty lucky to to get yourself in there. Yeah. Uh, you, you might be looked frowned upon if you sort of decide you're going in there and one of the locals want to use it. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. 
Good, good. So we are thinking then, so we're going to have a week off. We just reflected today. I've just listed here the things that we've probably got to do. So we've got, we've mentioned York Park. We've got it right there, look, east side of the river. So Bruce is going to work on that, I think, next week. Uh, we've talked about Sheffield, still city. I think we could probably do one there, Nick, and then you'll put something together for Sheffield mm-hmm. and environs. We mentioned about three Yorkshires, three Yorkshire, three Yorkshire boys get lost in London, um, which we could come back to. Uh, we might, and I've got a plan there. I've mentioned the lads about we might do something a bit different there and just pick three pubs each rather than because, again, there's thousands of pubs in London, isn't there? Uh, you guys have mentioned beer on the tie. We've got to do Newcastle and Durham for an episode. We've mentioned Malton, so we did a podcast about it. We've got a fantastic brewing heritage, we've got some good pubs, we've got uh, some great new breweries there as well. Uh, and mentioned that we might be able to get Howard from the Yorkshire Pudding Brewery, as they're now called, on there as well. I thought, again, we might talk about Yorkshire breweries, part one, two, and three, because we've yeah. talked a lot about Yorkshire breweries, and that might be interesting to have a look at, you know, um, whether we split the county up or we do breweries of the past. Um, people, like we've mentioned, Sam's that have been there forever, um, some of those, you know, those longer stand, and then a few of the new ones. We've talked about doing in Manchester. Um, that's certainly, again, we, well, we've all been there a few times. Bruce has had a bit of a, I've spelt Yorkshire wrong there, look, tell him. Yorkie Yorkie Hire. Bruce had a little trip out yesterday and, and I think was from the buzz, jotting a few good pubs down, Bruce, out kind of Pateley Bridgeway, Harrogate way that we could do a little yeah. little two there. And then Nick, we at Camera's 50th year this year, and certainly again, one of the, one of the kind of things that we, we did fairly recently was a, a nice little wander around St Albans, didn't we? Which has got, again, some yeah. interesting, quite a variety of pubs, really. Stunning weather spoons. Yeah. And yeah. the Garibaldi. Do you remember the fullest yeah. pub down that yeah. sort of that like little nice. residential street? Garibaldi, um, yeah. And then we walked from there, we walked to that other pub, didn't it? It was really nice. Yeah, that looked round, a little bit of the green. Like picking the real camera pubs. That's that was right. a really yeah. good pub. That was a cracking little pub, yeah. that was. Um, yeah. And then uh, back into kind of the town centre. Yeah, so so there are all some good options, really. So I think we start to work on those. So I think probably next time we meet, Bruce, are we going to do York Part B yeah, in definitely. two weeks' time? Two weeks tonight, yeah. And then Nick, shall we do uh, Sheffield maybe the week after that? Yep. And then I will work on the rest, really, depending on, again, what we get lined up for people like Malton. Yeah. Uh, that sounds very good. Good stuff. So it's been a bit short and sweet this week, but uh, probably about right, really. We, we Hopefully, we're going to be well under the hour mark, which is going to be really nice. So I so say we're all going to have a week off next week. Hopefully, we're all going to drink some beer. So we can talk about that at some point uh, in the near future. Anything else? Anybody wants to chuck in for a final discussion round? No, I've just started the uh, the Jet Black. Yeah, it's very, um, very roasted, that one. I normally like it a bit sweeter, uh, as far as my part is concerned. But it's, it's, it's a nice, refreshing one. So, as I say, hopefully we might get one of these without his clothes on next week, <laughs> as in the one one that's not coming in a bottle. And I think that, out there, yeah, straight out the I think that, that definitely tastes better on cask. I think that, that as a pint, mm. uh, which I think it's probably so with Bad Kitty as well. I think uh, Bad Kitty in, well, last time I drank that was in with Unique in the Royal Oak in Old Bolton. That yeah. was stunning on cask. And it's not quite yeah. as the same in a, in a tin. And I think probably the same with that one as well. That Again, that's one of the last beers I drank with you in Whitby. We, we were drinking that's, pints uh, of Jack Black. That, that couple in the Old Bolton <laughs> Royal Oak were certainly enjoying it, weren't they? They were, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what's the ABV on Bad Kitty? It's about 6%. Yeah, yeah. it's quite strong. They had, yeah. they had an old camper van that they'd parked on the Gannick across when, where the pub is, which is where the... Uh, where the river is, and um, 
I think they were on about six pints each or something like that, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were they were very merry. Yeah. I mean, we we yeah. threw we threw a few back though, didn't we? We we started getting into it, and it was it was very nice that evening. We, we certainly didn't have six bad kitties because uh, <laughs> some Good of us were working in the morning as well. So uh, that was the other thing that surprised me because I think when I drove past, I think the van had gone. So all right, up and up and gone away yeah. early. <laughs> Yeah. Good stuff. Right. So I think that's it, guys, for this week then. So uh short and sweet, but be good to reflect Go back on. and and uh, just mention those pubs we've done. So we will hopefully back back with you in a fortnight's time. Uh so cheers everybody and hope if you're cheers. out next week you enjoy your beers uh and stay safe. So I'm going to stop recording. <laughs>